Hello everyone, welcome back to Nopes and Opes. Sorry gang, this one's coming out a day late. I was sick yesterday, still kind of sick, so I don't know if my voice sounds good in this intro. But this is an interesting uh, episode where uh, it's a lot of Highland talking, uh, but for a good reason. He shares a story that's a little, it can be traumatic, but it's not traumatic to Highland, so I don't want you guys to think that, uh-oh, another emotional scary story, like, no. Everything's okay. It's a good story. But it helps explain uh, why Highland thinks the way that he does and kind of what created the genesis of his thought process uh, for the book. So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, again, so many people have been reaching out and saying such nice things about the show. We love it. Thank you so much. Uh, also, the book is available to buy. You can buy it. We will send it out ourselves. We're shipping them. We have 450 copies to sell, 449 as of right now, because someone bought a copy. Uh, and yeah, they're 15 bucks. You have to pay a little bit of shipping. Sorry about that, but uh, we're broke, so we're trying our best. But uh, I will have the link available in the podcast description, so look for it there. Uh, and yeah please uh, buy a copy of the book. It helps with the podcast and helps us uh, be able to continue doing this. Also, still have an email. Still would love to hear from you guys. It is nopeopepod at gmail.com. So that's N-O-P-E-O-P-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Thanks, gang. Enjoy the show. This is the first episode we're recording after the new year. So, yeah, again, so I mean, happy new year, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Like, first of all, like, welcome back 2024. Let's do this. I'm excited for 2024. I think yeah. it's going to be a really good year. I, I, I have high hopes and think that uh, it could it could be really good for, I think, you and I. But, like, I hope it's good for everyone else. Like, anyone listening, first of all, appreciate it. And then second of all, I hope that in some way that this can add yeah. to 2020 to 24. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, for me personally, my, my 2023, it sucked. <laughs> so I am I am happy. And I, you know, I, I do get, there's some people that are very like, I don't want to say skeptical, but they're very much along the lines of like when it comes to the new year, they're like, oh, it's just, a, it's just another year. And I'm like, I don't know. I had a lot of transformative things happen in my 2023 so i'm excited to kind of start to see what 2024 rowan will be yeah just because it's my my identity and everything was it's in the past now it's a different thing i think i'm one of those that kind of like maybe diminishes the the importance of dates and things like that but yeah. i think and, and i'm not a big new year's celebrator or anything like that but yeah. uh i do think that it offers like a different a new start right it's yeah. like it is the end of one year and the beginning of a new year and I think there's there's just mentally like chances to kind of yeah. start over. Like if you didn't like 2023, that's, you know, this is a new start. And if you did, then it's a chance to kind of build upon that yeah. past year. And I think it's cool. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that I think that way because I don't like, I don't remember people's birthdays and things like that, but um, <laughs> like I do think... I do think New Year's offers a chance for something yeah. something new. Yeah. For sure. So, okay. Are you ready for this? 
I I guess I'm ready. You've yeah. you've, you've, you've no, built kinda, the suspense. I've kind of built it up for sure. And uh, like Rowan, I told I told Rowan not to do any preparation. Like I was going to do all the preparation, and I feel like I have done the preparation, and I feel like it's just not going to go well. So I I yeah, I'm interested to see how this turns out because for me, honestly. And I, and I might overuse this term quite a bit. Like, I feel like I'm going to say this all the time in this episode, in this podcast, but I feel like these are the most important words that I can say. And if I do a good job in this episode, I think it could be really, really helpful and impactful. And if I don't, it might just break my heart, but I'm going to try my best. I, I, I've done the, I put in the work. I, I feel like I have a plan and let's just see if it can be gotcha. executed. So why not, I feel like we should, you've prefaced to me, why don't you kind of set the scene? Like what, what is it that we're getting into? Is this stuff about your past that caused you to write the book? Like what is yeah. it so specific? Oh man, you just nailed it. I figured out that this is the, this is basically the, the genesis of this book. Like every idea, every kind of tenant that I put into the book, I have a feeling originates from this one event in my life and how I kind of processed it and moved forward and kind of dealt with this one event and like this one event like kind of transferred to other events in my life and how I dealt with those things as well but but yeah this like that's kind of the the the, the reason why I feel like this is so important to me is because like people often ask me like why did you write the book or mm-hmm. what does it mean all this and and it's like and I didn't realize this until I had a conversation with my sister and and my brother-in-law. This like I was lucky enough to be in Colorado over the over the holidays, and I told them a story, and they were both like, "What? We never knew this happened. Like, how did we not know?" And and the story that I'm going to tell today is like just as a fair warning, like it is triggering, it is traumatic, it mm-hmm. is pretty gruesome in some some respects. If you've ever been in a car accident, it could be a little bit triggering. Uh, so I just want to be really careful in, in in kind of giving people a fair warning. Like there is there is a fair amount of kind of trauma and and maybe some some things that could be really hard for people to listen to. Yeah. But at the same time, I think th- the difficulty in listening and, and the difficulty in the story kind of adds to what happened after and how I look at things now. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just really hope this goes well. Gotcha. That's, that's I all. think it will. I have faith in you. All right, man. Well, how do you, how do you want to get into it? How do you want to start? Right. Uh, so this is how I'm going to go about things. I'm going to read one thing from the book, just one passage, and that will kind of set the tone for the rest of the, the discussion. So this is from the chapter uh, titled PTSD, Mental Illness, and Depression. Okay. And really, I mean, there's a few things that I could read in this chapter. I think this is actually a really important chapter and, and one that I think I did some really, really good things, and I think that maybe some things that I would change now. But this sentence, or these sentences that I'm going to read now, I think are really applicable for a lot of different reasons. So here we go. We are responsible for every moment and every action of our lives, whether or not we want to accept this fact. If it is difficult to accept this concept as true, or one simply does not want to accept it as true, it will prove impossible to assume responsibility, 
for one's own life. And I think for me, that sentence really kind of struck home over the holidays when I told the story and I realized, because when I had this conversation with my sister and brother-in-law, it, like I was thinking about this conversation and the questions that were asked afterwards the whole trip and I've never stopped thinking about it and this is kind of my chance to kind of put a little bit of like finality to it, like end the conversation in my head. So yeah, so basically the way it's gonna go down is I am just going to tell the story that I told to my sister and my brother-in-law and then kind of share the question that was asked afterwards and then kind of share the thought process. And then I just wrote down a few things like what I actually learned from the conversation and from the event. And then we'll just kind of go from there. Okay. S- see what happens. First thing, what brought about the topic of this? Were you guys just having a conversation about old stories or what, what got you to share it? What was oh, asked? Oh man, that's a good, that's a good question. I, don't know how it was brought about like um my my, when i go to my sister's house uh my older sister's house in colorado we tend just to have coffee in the morning time and just kind of sit in the same spots uh, in your house and just talk about all sorts of things and usually there's some really cool conversations and and they can be light they can be heavy they can be like family oriented whatever and i think this was one of those conversations and i i don't know how the story came about because it's not a story that I share very rarely. Like I might say that I've been in some car accidents, but I don't go into details. Yeah. And I went into the details and I, my sister and my brother-in-law were just like, what? How did we not know that this happened to you? And um, I think that's one of the things that's really crazy to me is, well, I'll share that afterwards. Okay. But all right. So the story is this, and I apologize. I, I, I usually I'm very careful about saying names, and I, 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 I'm going to say names in this one. I'm just going to say first names, just because for me, like I tried to tell this story, like in my head, I was trying to tell it with just with initials or like different names or whatever, and it just doesn't work for me. So I hope that this doesn't ever get to the people and 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 really pretty common names so i mean i don't think that there's any there won't be any negative i can always i can always bleep them out no that's i i i think it's a i think it's okay Okay. i I think just the 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 flow of the story just works better so so this is the story and again just be careful and listening because there are some there's just some moments but i think in the end we'll, we'll come full circle and and it'll be good like you'll you'll leave being like oh okay it, it, it do you out. want me to save questions for the end or do you want me to ask while like do you want to get everything out and talk about it or do you want me to ask as it's going along because uh, i can i can be quiet and just listen you tell nah, me no you can no nah, this is this okay is, all right cool this is interactive interactive radio right now right cool. here but basically uh this, this happened in my 20s i don't know like again i'm not good with dates and times and things like that but some somewhere in my 20s i was working at like a restaurant brewery in colorado springs and one of the people that worked in the brewery, his name was Joe. And, you know, we were, we were kind of friends, whatever. And so one night or one day we're sitting there at the, like after our shift, where you get a, you get one free beer and you get some, some discounted food or maybe some free food or whatever. So we're sitting there having our food and a beer and 
we're like, man, we have the next couple of days off. Like we should do something. And so Joe's like, Hey, let's go up to Breckenridge. Like we had a condo. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. And, uh, so we were both snowboarders at this time. And I was like, well, I don't have a car. Joe's like, I don't have a car. And he's like, Oh, okay. So then Joe's like, I have a friend, like I'll call him up. And so he calls him up and yeah, he's like, Oh man, Randy has a car. He's ready to go. Like we can leave this afternoon. So I was like, okay, cool. So then I bike home to my house and I get everything ready and uh, they come and like Randy, like this is the first and last time that I ever met Randy. Like I, I, I never, I never had the chance to talk to him again, but he has a green Geo Metro. And I don't know if you know what a Geo Metro is, but it's basically like a little, it looks like a really bad version of a VW Bug maybe. I don't know. Just like not a, not a, not a, not a great looking car. But anyways, so we fill this car up with snowboards. It's soap. It's we had we had bottles of liquor in there. We had I mean this thing was packed. Like so Randy was in the driver's seat. I was in the passenger seat. And Joe, like, man, I don't know how he did it, but he was laying backwards up against my seat because we had to fold down all the seats to get everything in. And so he's sitting there and it was like a two and a half hour drive up to, to Breck. And so we get everything packed and we're on our way. And we're going along the road and everything's going well. And we're up on the high plateaus of Colorado, so Highway 24. And by this time it was late, it was probably seven o'clock. And we're driving along and I didn't know this when I got into the car. And this is actually pretty important, but I was told later by Joe, but apparently, not apparently, like Randy had been drinking like rum and Cokes the whole day. Yeah. And so, like, that will actually come into play later, like, as as I talk about what I learned. But so, basically, we're driving along, and everything was good. And there was a moment where Randy, like, looks down, and I think there was a tape player. I think that's how long ago it was. Yeah. So, he's doing something with a tape player, and all of a sudden, he was, like, we're going around a curve. And, and up in the high plateaus of Colorado, the, the roads are definitely not straight, right? Like, you're kind of going along, and... All of a sudden, he looks, and he's doing something with the tape player, and all of a sudden, like, I kind of look up, and I see the road just kind of end, and all of a sudden, we leave the road, and, like, as we left the road, I think, I think somebody, somebody kind of screamed a little bit or whatever, you know, like, like, oh, shit, or something like that, like, but once we kind of went into the, because we actually left the road and there was like a 25 embankment, 25 foot embankment that we flew off of. And so once we left the road, it was actually super cool. And I remember this. <laughs> no, no, no. It was really the most silent silence I've ever heard in my life. Like, the, like absolute pure silence. Like, I don't think you ever get in your life. Like there's always background noise, right? Like we yeah. think, Oh, it's really quiet, but there's always kind of some, and so we left the road and it, I just remember thinking, wow, it is really, really quiet. And it was like the quiet, like created a, almost a sense of like calm, like peacefulness. Like it was just like, wow, like you never get this in life. Like this is kind of cool. And so we're flying through the air and somehow the car turns upside down, like in the air. And when we landed, we were on the roof of the car and we landed in a farmer's kind of gravel 
driveway. And once we landed, I, it was it went from like the most peaceful quietness to the loudest noise I'd ever heard in my life. Like you could hear, it was just a huge explosion and, and, and rocks were just shooting everywhere around the car. And it was just pure, like it went from pure peaceful quietness to the most rowdy, out of control chaos. Like it was just, it was overwhelming. So we land and we, we landed on the roof and we like kind of skid, skid to a stop and everybody, everybody was okay. Kind of. So like I, Oh, also an important thing. Like I didn't have my seatbelt on at this time. Like, like, like this was kind of when seatbelts were, you know, if you wanted to wear one, you could, but if you didn't like, you were probably cooler. So so I did not have a seatbelt on. Wear your seatbelt, kids. Yeah, definitely, definitely wear your seat. I wear my seatbelt constantly now. But somehow I was not ejected from the car. Basically, like I had to crawl out the, like the roof was now smashed. And so basically I remember I had to like kind of shimmy out of the passenger side window. So I got, I got out of the car and, and I was fine somehow. Like I didn't have any, n- no, no, no damage. Not, nothing was wrong. And I remember Joe... Uh, the, the trunk had popped open and there was just a little spot for him to kind of like work his way out. And so Joe and I got out of the car and we're like, man, buddy, are you okay? And like, kind of, you know, you're in, you're in shock. Like you don't really know what's going on. Right. And so Joe and I are sitting there talking and all of a sudden we're like, Where, where's Randy? And and it was dark and, there, and the farmer's uh, house was not lit up. Like nobody was home. And so we go around to the to the driver's side, and Randy was kind of pinned in his seat, and so we kind of had to work together to get him out. And he was in total shock; like he was just blabbering, like he didn't he didn't know where he was, he he didn't yeah. know what was happening. He was just talking nonsense, and so we get him out, and for some reason, like he said, he was cold or something, and so I remember I gave him my my knit like one of my knit like ski caps that I had. I was kind of sad because it was hand hand like it was handmade by somebody and it had some sentimental value, but so I gave it to him and and you know we kind of just sat him down on the edge of the car and we're like, "Man, like the farmers nobody's there, so like we got to go up to the road and get some help, right?" Like and Do you guys and, have cell phones at this point or No, not? absolutely not. Gotcha. No. Um this was way before then. And so the embankment, I remember, was so steep that we had to go up on all fours. And Joe's like, Highland, like he's like, he's, he's breathing super heavy. He's like, and, and I'm like, hey, buddy, like, you know, like if you can't make it up no more, he's like, I'll go get some help. He's like, no, I got it. And so then we get to the top and, and like if you've never been to Colorado and you haven't been to like the, the high plains, um, like it's, it it's really unpopulated. It's just a bunch of farmlands and, and kind of just unpopulated areas. But the sky is like, it's just, it's a huge sky and there were just stars everywhere. I just remember like, wow, what a beautiful, like beautiful Colorado night. And it was kind of cool. And, and, you know, obviously it was wintertime. And <clears throat> so we get up to the top and Joe is starting to fade. Like he's like, he's, he's breathing super heavy and, and he's like, Highland, I got to sit down. And, and all of a sudden he grabs his chest and, and he's like, Highland, 
something's going on. Like I'm not, I'm not feeling okay. And, and Randy's down below us, you know, like 25 below us, just, just kind of like crying and, and just blabbering nonsense. Like just like no idea what, what he was talking about. And so I'm sitting there on the road in this beautiful black Colorado night. And I look and there is nothing. I mean, there's, there are no cars, there are, there are no lights on, there are no houses. It is just black. It's just pure black and the stars and me and Joe like fading really quickly on the side of the road and Randy in serious trouble. How are you doing in this moment? I'm okay, but I'm like, like physically I'm fine, but mentally I was beginning to prepare myself to, I thought I was going to watch two people die, uh, this night. Like I was like, there's nobody here to help. Like there's, there's nothing, there's nothing that I can do. Like I'm going to be okay, but I think that you're worried about your friends. Yeah. I think these two people, if things don't happen quickly, they're going to die. So I'm sitting there and it's probably five minutes. And Joe, by this time is like sitting on the side of the road, just like clutching his chest and, I, I, I'm just, I'm beginning to freak out. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so then around the bend, like it was on my right side, I remember that, around this bend, I saw two headlights and it was like a little bit before the car actually came around the, the bend. And I was like, I'm I'm stopping this car no matter what. Like, I don't, right. I don't care what it takes. And so I ran out there and I'm just like dancing in the road, like trying to, and so the car pulls up and all of a sudden, like lights come on and it was a Colorado trooper. Ooh. Like that was the, that was the only car that wow. we saw that whole night. And so then like after that, you know, the, the ambulance, like they obviously got in touch with, and the ambulance came and took us all into the hospital and everything. And later I had found out that Randy, like when he, when he hit the gravel, he lost like, I think it was like, I think it was like seven. I don't know the numbers. I think it was like 70% of the top of his head and like 50% of the back of his head and like 30% of his backside, like his shoulders and stuff were just tore off. Like just, just like the gravel, just it was gone. Right. And Joe had a collapsed lung. And so he was um, also taken to the hospital and I was fine. And then I just remember like I was at the hospital and, and, and the, the police are asking me questions and stuff and they're like, you know what happened this and that and I remember they they came out of Randy's room and one of the officers was like your your friend said that this is your hat and I remember like he gave it to me and I I looked at it and this is no lie like people are going to think that Harlan you're you're making this up but there were pieces of Randy's brain on the hat right like in in, in the knitting and I just said I don't want that yeah. and you know, I was like, well, it's, it's yours. And I'm just like, throw it away. Like get that out of here. So I, you know, basically like I, I never saw Randy again. That was the first and last day that I ever saw him. And I saw Joe just a few times, you know, like we worked together and stuff and like it, it took him a while to kind of get back. Like he, he had some difficulties for sure. But like, as I told the story to my sister and my brother-in-law, they're just looking at me like, what? And my sister, she, 
I think was more shocked than my brother-in-law. And she's like, Highland, how did I not know about this story? And I'm like, ah, it's, it's not something that I really focus on or it's not something that I really no. um, tell a lot of people. And she's like, well, do you experience any PTSD? Do you, do you experience any trauma from this story? And that question really, really hit me pretty hard and, and made me think a lot because my, my immediate answer was no. Like to me, it's just a story. And she's like, how is that possible? Right? I mean, that's a pretty traumatic event. Like that's something that, that should cause like some reactions, some sort of lingering effects. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, it, it, it really should. But then I thought like six weeks, like one or two months later, I don't know when it was, but the, I got a call from UCCS, which is University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. And there was a study being done on trauma and PTSD. And they were, they were looking for people that were in car accidents. And, and oh. so they asked me to be a part of this study. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I took part in the study and we did all the tests and everything. And, and we got the results. And when I went in for the results, the, like there was a young girl that was doing kind of the, she was the helper or whatever. And she's like, Highland, like, I don't know how you process this, but you really don't suffer any sort of like the, the like what we're looking for. Like you, you, no. this doesn't really seem to be a big deal. And I remember thinking about that. I didn't understand exactly why that was then, but I think in looking back and in, in, in writing this book, I can almost guarantee you that the things that I learned from that accident, the, the, from that event, is the absolute origin, the absolute genesis of what I write in this book. And so right now I'm just going to kind of share, like I wrote down the things that I learned from that specific accident. Like this conversation and just this past week in Colorado and just thinking about this whole thing through has been really, really kind of transformational for me because I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't realize really how kind of impactful that story really is. Like there's some, there's some pretty big moments in there. Absolutely. And then uh, like how much it actually affected the way that I think now and the way the, the, the way that I thought when I actually wrote this book. So I'm just going to read these things real quick and then you can kind of have the conversation. <laughs> so here we go. But the things, the things that I learned, and these are just the things that I wrote down. The book is based on, on this, uh, and it's not, even, it's not really based on, but like this accident kind of solidified the way that I think now. And then uh, one, of the, one of the most important things, and I think one of the things that I... I hope to kind of convey in this episode and I hope people actually think about and maybe challenge me. And I don't, I'm a little bit worried that this may just be my experience and this doesn't translate for others because I think when you're talking trauma and you're talking PTSD and you're talking perspective, maybe gender matters, you know, age matters, maturity, all of these things matter. And I don't know if my experience is going to be 
applicable or relatable to others. But again, this is just my experience and this is just, just how I kind of went through my life and, and, and things that I have experienced. So this is, this is the thing that's, that's really important to me. There's two things. So I'm just going to read it here. I realized how I tell this story is ultimately really, really significant. If I take 100% responsibility for my actions and do not blame anyone or anything else, it is just a cool story I can tell, the story I survived. If I blame others or somehow claim I was tricked in some way by circumstances, I am a victim of a traumatic event. To me, this is just a cool story I get to tell. I survived. I am fine. I am still here on this earth with the opportunity to make my life and the lives of others better. And this is a gift I should not waste. If any of my mind, my energy, my soul is focused on the past in some way, it is only taking away from what I can do and be in the present, this moment, right now. And I think that's really important because when I remember telling this story and I remember making a big deal out of that I didn't know that Randy had been drinking and like somehow like I had been like if I had known I would have made a different different choice or or whatever right like 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 not necessarily saying hey it was my decision I got into the car whatever I'm trying to kind of deflect my responsibility for it and kind of trying to say hey you know if if I had known or you know if if Randy hadn't been drinking or if I had been driving or whatever but just in some way not not taking 100% like trying to like tell the story where I was I was I was unaware of things that yeah. were happening and and it wasn't my fault that this happened. And then like that yeah, like I remember some somewhere along the line that just changed and I said, "Hey, I got into the car. Whether or not I knew, it didn't really matter. Yeah. I was in the car. I I like this like for for this to happen, I had to be in the car. It it's 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 this doesn't happen unless I'm there." So that was one thing that really kind of changed my whole focus on life and just was like, I, it was necessary for me to be there. Whether or not Randy had been drinking, whether or not this had happened, this, 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 whatever, doesn't really matter. I am 100% responsible for all of my actions and decisions in this story. And then the, the second thing that's really important to me is what I focus on in this situation makes all the difference. In my mind that I, the fact that I could fly through the air in an upside down car and then land on a farmer's gravel driveway on the roof, all without wearing a seatbelt and survive with no harm is pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> it's insane. Right? I mean, that's a totally cool story. Like, like I, I can just see my kids, like the, the high school kids, like cool story, bro. Um, <laughs> but it, but in the end, it's just a story like many other stories of my life. It is just one moment of many moments that has allowed me to get to this point in my life. Like all the other stories of my life, it got me to this moment. And for that, like I am grateful. And I just think like, like I wanna be really careful because I, th I think there's some horrible things that happen out there and I think there's some people that have survived some really amazingly bad situations and I, I don't want to say, hey, just, pick yourself up and, and yeah. change your perspective and, and, and life will be good. But at the same time, I think like the victim mentality 
is really quite prevalent in society today and it just it takes so much energy and time and resources and just things that we could use in another way to make our lives so much better to continue that mentality and i just like as 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 one of the listeners said i i just really want people to feel empowered to feel like hey this happened but i freaking survived i'm here like 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 this horrible thing yeah. went down and and it was bad and it was and it and it was traumatic and yeah. i did I, I i thought two people i thought i was going to watch two people die and like it was scary as heck man like i was not loving life at the moment but at the same time like i look back on it and it and it makes my heart heart race and it's not fun to tell that story but at the same time it's like I'm here. Like I, I get this chance to be with you. I get this chance to like create a podcast to do these amazing things in my life. And it's, and, and, and that story is a part of who I am now. And it's a vital part just as every other moment, like the moments that are innocuous, like that, that you wouldn't, there is no story, right? You're like, I didn't even know that happened, (laughs) but I don't know. Okay, thing, so I just talked. So no, no, I'm done. you're totally fine. One thing I'll say, and I think this is a big thing that we've talked about, but when you're talking about it, so I feel like a lot of people, when they talk about traumatic stories, it feels like when they are communicating it to people, they don't have control of how they feel about it. It feels like the story itself is pulling them in certain ways. They start to break down and whatnot. But when you talk about this, it seems like you have control and like you can share all aspects of it and it doesn't seem like it gets to you, which I think might have a direct correlation into how you handled the situation. Like in taking responsibility, I think you kind of take control of the moment itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole essence of this whole episode is it's, it's just a cool story, bro. That's it. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want, I mean, I'm not making fun, but in the end, like it is, that's all it is. Yeah. It's just a story for me. It, it, it doesn't have any power over me. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Like it, like it actually gives, it actually gives me power. Yeah. Like it's actually like, I'm, I'm, I am freaking guardian angels, like looking out <laughs> over me. Yeah. Like it, like it empowers me to be like, Hey man, if I can survive this, I can survive whatever today brings. I can survive yeah. whatever tomorrow brings. Like it gives me the chance to kind of like step up and say, "Hey, like I've been given I've been given this amazing opportunity and I better not waste it. Like I better step up and do something and like make this world a better place and like follow my dreams and and yeah. go big or go home." Because like, you know, you don't know. Like the story could have turned out very very differently. And in many respects, it should have, right? And that was one of the things in looking at the the study. They're like, do you ever look at alternate, alternate, like, endings? And I, I was like, hmm, no. I just assumed, like, I was supposed to live, and then I just oh. moved on, and that was it. And they're like, oh, like, people, that's not normal. Like, yeah. people often think about, like, wow, this could have happened, this could have happened, this could have yeah. happened. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it could have, but it didn't. I'm, so I'm here. This, that brings me to my next question at the time at like, you know, say a month or two after the accident happens, 
did it feel as impactful as it does now? Like, did in the moment when it happened, did it feel like this change in your life? Did it feel like you had a new perspective on life? Or did it just seem like a Tuesday night <laughs> going to Breckenridge? No, I mean, obviously, I can't, I can't say that it didn't, it wasn't impactful. It absolutely was. I mean, I, I still like, I still don't like to be passengers in the car. And like when it's icy and stuff, I get really nervous. So, you know, there's, there's some residual effects. Absolutely. It's not like right. ah, this happened. And yeah. No, pulling no, drifts no. around yeah. corners. No. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, of course it, it changed me. I mean, everything, everything changes you, but it, it, I think the magic of this is it doesn't have particular instance doesn't have the power to detract from my life the way that maybe for some others it would yeah. right it it's something that it, it happened and it was bad and and there's some memories and things but it it it's it's done and i get a chance to move on and that's a great thing and i feel appreciative and it makes me it makes me really grateful like there's there's actually i mean like i i, I told this to my sister and brother-in-law too is like I, that was only one accident that i've been in i've been in another accident too and i mean this is where it's like what the heck like how do you <laughs> stay like, out of cars but yeah, like, how do, well no it's like how, like how many guardian angels are looking out for you but the other accident i told you about but yeah. that was we were coming home from skiing again and this was in wisconsin and we were passing and like we lost control of the car and the only reason that i like we, we, we were going 75 miles an hour. I remember looking up at the speedometer because I was in the back seat laying down. And we were going 75 miles an hour and we passed a car and we hit some black ice and we fishtailed. And uh, also we went into the cornfield at 75 miles an hour. And I remember we the, the, the car flipped seven times. And I remember just like knowing like, oh, okay, here we are on the, the trunk side, here we are on the front side, like, the, now we're on the side, like, I just remember, I, yeah, I, I, it was like a, it was like a roller coaster ride, like, you knew, like, you're like, oh, wow, this is interesting, and, like, as we're flipping, like, we're, I, I just was counting, and we flipped the car seven times, and, again, we ended up upside down, and I had to, like, kick out the, I had to kick out the window, because I was laying down in the back, back seat, and my skis were too long to fit in the trunk, so we had them between the front seat and then I kind of between the two between the two front seats, and then just kind of and I was laying down underneath them. And as we came out, I kind of like slid underneath the the skis and like popped out. Oh, but one of the best things about this story is I was with Ryan and Polly, and Polly was driving and Ryan was in the passenger seat. And I will remember this forever. And I don't know if Ryan like I I, I haven't talked to Ryan probably since high school but I, I just I think I don't know if he said this consciously or if it was just something that came out but he's like all right rides over everybody out <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was just like that's the funniest like like that's, that's a amazing. great that's a great line that's like, so good yeah like like we were sitting there upside down in the car the car is smoking and you know everything's just like and he's like all right everybody out rides <laughs> over and uh so, but yeah, so, so we all get out and again, somehow everybody was okay. Like, you know, Polly, like, yeah, they, they were, they got, they got messed up, but I was okay. But I just remember too, like in that accident, the police were looking at the car or whatever and the, like my skis were okay, but they said you were absolutely 
super lucky that you were sleeping because if you weren't, you would have tensed up and the skis would have like just sliced you in half. Dang. And so they're like, because you were sleeping and you were, you were relaxed, you stayed in the, the corner of the car yeah. and like nothing happened to you. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Like again, it's just, I, I mean, like I look at those stories and I say, yeah, you, you could be freaked out about those. Yeah. Like you could, you could say, wow, what if this, that, whatever. And, but in the end, I, I don't know. Like I, I just, I just want people to realize like, like how we look at things and then what we focus on is really important, right? I can focus on the negatives. Like that, that the Colorado story, there's a lot of things that I could focus on yeah. that, that could be really scary and could affect me very, very negatively. But like if I focus on the positives, it's, it, it, it's really helpful and it allows me to move forward in a way with pretty minimum negative effects. Yeah. And I think that's a really important lesson for all of us because all of us are going to s- struggle. Life is not going to be easy for any of us. All of us are going to have moments where we where we have to make a choice, what are we going to focus on? What, like, do we focus on the negatives? Do we focus on the scary things? Do we focus on the, the what ifs? Or do we focus on, hey, I'm still here. I, 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 ha- I have friends, I have uh, health, I have whatever. So, Do you have an idea of why we focus on the negatives? Oh. That's, you're, a, that's a great question. Because you're right. I totally believe, like, you focus on the positives it should outweigh the negatives is it easier to focus on the negatives oh man Rowan, why do you ask me these tough questions like that i i is it a coping mechanism is it is yeah it, i i mean it, is, that's the thing like hearing that right well okay i do have an idea i think from from just evolution like we had to always like in order to survive you had to worry about the lions in the forest. You had to worry about, right. you had to like create the worst case scenarios to stay alive. Mm-hmm. So from an evolutionary standpoint, I think probably we we tend to focus on the negative because that's a way to make sure that you yeah. s- don't get eaten. And so that, that probably influences why we kind of create the worst case scenarios. But I'm interested. That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about it now because you want to be aware of the problems you have in your life, right? Like the whole idea of taking responsibility is being self-aware of what's going on yeah, in your life. all of it. And so it's that thing of like acceptance, right, is the idea of accepting whatever is negative in your life. But worrying, that's the problem. I think I struggle personally. Like I've accepted a lot of things going on in my life. That doesn't mean I still don't think about them, overthink about them, and just worry and cause them to make me have so much stress. Oh, man. These are only two examples where I can say, hey, I did a good job handling them. I can list off thousands and thousands of other examples where just just handled it so, so poorly. Yeah. So, absolutely. No, I think that's the the difficulty, right? Because even, even if we handle like like one situation well there's always going to be other situations where we don't handle it exactly and i think that's that's just part of the 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 process of life right like we 
I mean, that's, that's kind of the cool thing is we continually get chances to handle things better and better. And I think the more that we know about ourselves and the more we kind of are self-aware and we, we know our strengths and we know our weaknesses and we can kind of count on ourselves, but also count on others as well. Like I think one of the reasons that I have led the life that I've led and, and, and had the opportunities that I've had is because of others around me being super strong, super supportive, never going away, no matter how try how hard I tried to make them go away at certain times. So yeah, there's there's personal strength, but there's also yeah. support as well. Well so. that was something that you had said when we talked about the sphere of influence episode. I don't, I don't know the exact quote, so I'll paraphrase it. But you had said something along the lines of, you know, I had shared my personal troubles, all that stuff. And you were talking about, like, you had this sphere of influence. And the thing about sphere of influences is, like, even when you don't feel you have enough strength to stand, they'll back you up so Ooh. that you can have that kind of strength. Yeah. And I was in a situation where I, I didn't have anyone. Yeah. And that makes taking responsibility and all, all facets of it that much harder. So it... Well, it is it is just amazing to have people in your life that do care. Well, and I think I think that's one of the uh I think we've been asked this question a couple of times is like do like do I have like like what if I take responsibility for this but I don't take responsibility for this or how do I choose what I take responsibility for and what I don't? Yeah. And my answer and if I'm wrong, absolutely. I'm I'm more than happy to admit it, but like my answer is if you want to be happy, healthy, content, you know, a, a fully functioning human being, you take responsibility for all of it. And that means that that means the good decisions, the bad decisions, yeah. the, 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 the crazy consequences, the good consequences, the achievements, the failures, whatever. And the more you can take responsibility for all of it. And I don't think anybody will get to 100 percent. Right. I think no. I think we'll all deflect like no. I don't want to. I mean, it's it's even in the book. You cannot take responsibility for 100 percent of everything. Yeah. I mean, it's human nature to want to deflect or to want to like blame others to 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 say, hey, this isn't on me. This is my partner. This is yeah. my boss. This is yeah. whoever. And I and again, that's that's a valid coping mechanism. Right. When yeah. things get too big or when things become like out of our out of our like control whatever you know when we say ah oh, it's just it's it's too much i can't handle it no. yeah it's it, it it's it's just a way to survive to say i'm gonna blame i'd like to give an example it's not as good of an oh, example yeah. for taking responsibility and you'll probably remember this from the summer but i don't like losing things i <laughs> hate it i get very upset i i like if I have something nice, I like to take care of it. And if it's not taken care of, it's just like this thing where I get angry and I'm like, ah, what the hell, Rowan, right? Mm. So we yes. were on the job site and uh, I I bought this like brand new tape measure. <laughs> it was a nice one too. It's Milwaukee. Oh. It's a wide blade. It's got, it was magnetic. I was really pumped about this. It was like the first thing I bought working on the job site. I was like, ooh, look at me. And I think on like the second or third job site, yeah. I lost it. And at this time, I had been reading Highland's book, and I went home that night, or there was it might have been the next day, because I didn't realize for a little bit that I had lost it, and I was so mad at myself, and I just like really was feeling negative. I was really angry, 
And then just kind of like, of course it's Highland's voice in the back of my head, but it's like, take responsibility. And me and we had talked and I was like, I just, (laughs) it's my fault. I lost it. I'm taking responsibility. And surprisingly enough, it did help. It did make me feel that sense of control of my emotions. Cause I think that's the thing with me when I feel like I don't, I'm not able to take responsibility. I feel like my emotions get the better of me, right? It, it results into anger. It results into, you know, just stress, bad thoughts about myself, uh, thinking, you know, that I'm, I'm not responsible. Like yeah. it just, you go down the line. And then as I, and I know this is like a really ridiculous example, but I think it is a very, it's like clear way of sh- showing how when I, use the idea of taking responsibility like i saw a direct effect of happiness there's other examples i could come up with but that's what came to my mind i think that's i think i think that's important because i think like like people may listen to that story and they're just like what the heck like that's a it's a freaking tape measure it's it's nothing right it's like like 25 bucks yeah i'm broke guys (laughs) 25 bucks was a lot for me well it's not even (laughs) it's not even the amount of money it's just it's it's it it's just like that's the whole aspect is like you, you, you have to take, well, you don't have to, but like if you want to be at your best, taking responsibility for everything is your best friend, but it's also not natural, right? Like, like in the book I mentioned, like if you watch two year olds, like they will like break something right in front of you <laughs> and you'll be like, what the heck, man? You just broke your toy. And they're like, nah. And they'll just straight up just be like, nope, yeah. I didn't. And I'm like, uh, I just saw you. Like, you just, like, I just saw you break the toy. They're like, nope, didn't do it. And they will flat out. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a natural response to be like, okay, if I don't take responsibility for breaking this toy, I, I don't have to suffer the consequences. Or it's, it's a learned, right? Like, we, mm-hmm. it's a, it, one, it's very natural to not want to take responsibility. And two, we kind of learn that, if we can avoid it, it our our life is easier. Yeah. Right. Like 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 for me, I could have easily blamed in either of those two stories I I told today. There's ways that I could blame others. Right. Yeah. There's ways that I could say, oh, this person or that. Or I mean, whatever. you weren't even driving. Like you could always blame the driver. Yeah, absolutely. I could be like, what the heck? You're such a bad driver. <laughs> yeah. Like why did that guy throw us off a cliff like be that? Be more responsible with your driving. <laughs> yeah, man. But. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't help me. Like if I'm, if I'm constantly trying to put the blame on them, I'm expending energy like about something that's happened in the past that doesn't benefit me here in the, in the, in the present. Right. Right. Like I'm, like I'm, like I'm focused on something and I'm, I'm, and I'm telling stories and I'm like using resources and I'm using my time and energy and everything to focus on something that doesn't actually benefit me now whereas if i can let that go like i can accept full responsibility i can let it lie where it's where it is in the past let it be and then i can use all of my focus all of my energy all of my time resources whatever on being the best person i am right now and i think that's i think that's a pretty important concept because it's it's something i don't know i just I think it's so natural for us to want to blame others and not accept responsibility, but it, 
Like for me, it's worked out really well. I don't like. I don't know if this is only like if, if if it's only for me. Like maybe like I've been called weird my whole life, and maybe this is just another example of just being totally weird and not normal. But I, it it's worked out really well for me. Yeah. No, and I I will I will agree with that. And I don't think it's weird. I think it's very important because it's it's helped me. It's helped friends that I have shared the book with and whatnot. Yeah. And so I, I definitely think there is something to it. And I wanted to make a, a comment about a lot of people will try to avoid responsibility. I think another coping mechanism that maybe people aren't aware of is people try to share responsibility. Oh, people will look to others. So yeah. I didn't necessarily avoid responsibility growing up and whatnot, but yeah. I was very big on being like, we got this problem. And they're like, <laughs> what? We? And they're like, yeah, you're here with me. And it's like, we got to handle this. And it's like, yeah. In reality, it's it you you take back the control. You feel more empowered if you do go like, okay, I'm gonna take responsibility for it. There's certain situations where it's tough, you know. But in your own experience with this car accident, you didn't blame anyone else. You didn't look to the other people in it and be like, we need to take responsibility for what happened. You just were like, I take responsibility. I accept what did take place. I have no, you know, ill will towards those people because a lot of people could be furious, you know. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not furious. I, I don't know exactly what happened to, I, I, I think Joe's all right. All right, I, I hope he is. I, I, yeah, that's important. Actually, I would like a chance to kind of say, you know, I, I, I hope that neither of them actually listened to this episode because I don't, I don't want to bring up. I think it was. It very didn't, traumatic it, it didn't end as well for them yeah and and maybe it did I, I hope it did but for for randy i i think he had a really hard time and i think uh he like he was he, his injuries were so serious he had to be airlifted out that night like right away to denver and and i and i i think his life took a turn not for the positive and i really i I, it's really. I wish him the best. I, I, yeah. I don't have any ill will towards him. I really feel badly. Um, I feel really blessed, lucky for myself, and I'm sorry that others were not as well taken care of. And so, yeah. I that actually causes me more. Yeah. That actually causes me more stress and more like heartache than the the story itself. Um. No. I really don't want anyone to suffer. I really, that's a big deal. Um, yeah. yeah, I wish, I wish everybody the best always. Yeah. And it was, it was clear by the story. It, it, you you didn't communicate it in any way that made me think like, oh, he doesn't like these guys. Like, no, you made it, you made yeah. it very clear. So. Yeah. Well, any closing remarks? Any, any last things you want to get off your oh, chest man. about? I felt like I talked the whole time. So no, well, that's good I'm though. Gonna, I think, I'm gonna stop I mean, a big part about this idea for this episode was to explain why you wrote the book. I didn't write the book. I was just here to, I'm here to enjoy it, to take a lot from the lessons and share in the experience and hopefully add to it. I would like to, you oh, know, definitely, definitely add a, add an epilogue, if you will, something like that. So I don't know, but, uh, well, thank you gang for tuning in. Do you have anything else or I have ready nothing. to wrap it up? Well, happy new year, everyone. And, uh, All the best in 2024 guys, uh, we will, we will see you in the next one.